Starting. Welcome to another episode of The Godfather, Godfather Part, Part 2 Minute. Minute with me, Alex Robinson. And with me, Andy Robinson. And this must be episode number 55, covering Minute 85 of The Godfather Part 2. Actually, it's not episode 85 because we had a hundred and something episodes of Godfather 1. So, what were you? Why did you say 55? Sorry, I meant 85. Oh, 85. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I can't try it. 55. You're yeah, crazy. No, no. We don't want to go all the way back to that <laughs> retro. Yeah, this is a uh, this is oh yeah. I forgot to tell you this is a rerun. When we go on vacation, we rerun oh, old episodes. That's right. Of <laughs> so yeah, this is minute number fifty-five of the Godfather Part Two. So no, I'm just joking. Of course, it's minute eighty-five. Alex, I think this is one you can guess. Uh, minuto. Uh huh. Numero. Uh huh. Uh, it's not totanta. Sotanta? Totanta, otanta, uno, dos, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Ah, no. What is it? Otanta, cinque. Cinque. It always throws me off with those Italian, those Italian front. Otanta, cinque. You got it. Close enough. Uh, In minute, otanta, cinque, uh, during Hyman Roth's lovely 66th birthday party, Mikey recounts the deadly encounter between the military police and the rebels they witnessed that afternoon. After dismissing the incident, the Jewish geriatric takes Mike aside for a private conversation. <laughs> you used geriatric as a noun there. You said the Jewish geriatric. Uh-huh. Is that right? I uh, thought geriatric was an adjective. Well, I guess like any... Grammar police, grammar no, police. No, I think, I think geriatric. It? it might be. Yeah, it's like saying it's like it's like the way alcoholic is both an adjective oh. and uh, you know like that. Mm, okay, like instead of yeah, I'm the pretty Jewish sure geriatric. You, well, if you want to look it up, you can yeah. ask. You can ask. Yeah, no, no, it's not I'm, worth looking. I'm up. pretty sure that's uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, Alex, what classic Roth? It is and classic Michael. Classic we got, Mike. We got a lot. You got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. Really? Oh yeah, we, we went over. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, we, this is a great minute. So let's start these with Mike. These are great minutes we have to talk about, Alex. <laughs> just sixty miles, just ninety miles from a friendly government dialogue that's been written out, well thought out. Well, let me start with Mikey. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What is Mikey's plan here? What is his... Why does he bring all this up? Well, yeah, it's a great question. And I, I've thought a little bit about it. Okay. And the only thing I can think of is there's some strategy in publicly revealing in front of this mixed group of investors, all who I think Hyman Roth needs to be on board. Like These are people that he is attracted to invest in Havana that are kind of long for the ride. Well, do we know there are investors? I, we we couldn't figure it out from last time, but I assume so because they're asking about visas and the operations and some of it. Yeah, yeah, so I assume it is. So there's some reason that Mikey is publicly calling out that Hyman's great plan might not work. Yeah. 
<laughs> in fact, uh, that, uh, that evening it would, yeah. it would all come crashing down. So yeah, wow. Mikey was very, really had his thumb on the pulse of. We the, got a real uh, Nostradamus <laughs> here, right? <laughs> Could have given us a little bit more notice, right? <laughs> That'd be great. Hiram Ross, like he's like they can win, and then Hiram Ross, like you know, I never thought of that, Michael. <laughs> all right, forget it. The whole operation's off. <laughs> Michael I, throws I, a cake off the side of the, <laughs> the building. <laughs> Michael, I thought we could talk about this later. I mean, not two. I'm talking like two hours later because because things are getting heating up. So that's it. I think there's there's he's. I also think he's testing so Hyman he's, Roth mm-hmm. because this is putting definitely putting Hyman on the spot yeah. to explain to this whole group of investors his that he's challenging Hyman, saying, "Well, you know, yeah, all these things are great. We're close to Miami. We have, we're ties to a friendly government, but." Yeah, there's this one little thing you might want to consider, Doctor Roth. And <laughs> but that's- why? So you think it's just that he? But why? Mikey doesn't strike me as someone who would just do it just to mm-hmm. screw with someone. Yeah. So I don't know if he's testing him or if he's. I mean, maybe he wants to see how he reacts, and as yeah. we see in this minute, Roth is listening to him and. And and then has a pretty stern response. Yeah, he's he does not take it lightly. Yeah, and and maybe that's, but but then interestingly, and we'll, I think we'll get into the dialogue. But then Roth kind of turns it in on in the end, and I think he, I think Roth realizes that he was being too too stern and tipped his hand. Right, and then he turned it around and made that comment about his father's trucks and yeah, smiled. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll get to all that, all but, that um, stuff. Yeah. I, so I, I think maybe it's just a way to test him to see how he really felt about it, to see if he was trying to snow Mikey. Maybe if Roth had just been straight up honest about it and said, "Yeah, these rebels, they've been here. Yeah. I don't consider," or I'd maybe they are a threat. And maybe if if I'm assuming that Roth understands how serious it is. Because this can't be a surprise that these rebels just show up on four hours later, right? Well, I guess that's another question. Does Roth expect what happens later tonight? Or is he really caught off guard? I'm going to say he's really caught off guard. And that he's just not just trying to get the million dollars from Fredo on the plane? I feel like he probably has way more than a million dollars invested in this whole scheme. Yeah. So if he were to... Like small, the small potatoes, mm-hmm. that million dollars. So, like, I feel like either he he's either doesn't believe it, like he said, there's been rebels here since the twenties. So mm-hmm. to him, it's just like, you know, just the cost of doing business, or he is deluding himself because he has invested so much that mm. that he he just can't even face the fact that that might be the case. And what are they calling Alex? Uh, pot committed. He's pot committed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you just you have so much committed that you're yeah you have blinders on and you can't accept that that's right because being threatened yeah him just saying okay I guess we'll just pull out all our operations here yeah you know? or yeah I mean he has put a lot of time and effort into getting those those visa connections oh my gosh and we're long he was up all night doing filling out those forms for everybody <laughs> it's all about the stick man visas Johnny don't forget that <laughs> or how about this okay Hyman Roth knows that. That things are about to fall apart, and it's really too late to not invest. Yeah. And so he's keeping up this this charade, 
Till the very end. Until he gets the million dollars cat. I mean, that's a lot of money that's coming. Is it a million dollars that's coming from? I just from? consider that invested. I just consider Is that what that. Fredo brings? Is it a million? It's supposed yeah. to, yeah. Was it? Does he later say a million dollars? I know earlier he says we're giving a million dollars to the president. I wonder. Or no, he talks about the Teamsters putting up a million dollars. Dollar for maybe. dollar. Yeah. Anyway, it's a lot of money. So maybe he's just, yeah. this is his last way to just get some cash and then leave Mikey there. I guess. That seems, I that seems too. Yeah. Too many things would have to fall in place. Yeah. And even if he left Mikey there, it doesn't mean Mikey would be killed. What's well, the other thing is that yeah. I think they both, Roth thinks he's going to kill Mikey and Mikey thinks he's going to kill Roth. So. Mm hmm. Why bother with the, why not just go, yep, you're right, Roth, this is a great deal we have here, and then, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer type of thing. Just go along with it. Why bust his balls about yeah. the, 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 uh... Yeah, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Have you thought of any other reason Mikey would say this? I mean, it could just be for cinematic purposes that it it, it plants the seed for the viewer to understand later in the movie when everything comes crashing down there's it's, it's not a total surprise right although but, that would be kind of interesting too just out of nowhere <laughs> not out of nowhere because we did yeah. see the you did see the the, 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 yeah, the, the rebel yeah and he could have had him if, if that was the case he coppola could have had uh mikey saying this to fredo or to any number of other characters rather than mm-hmm. directly to to roth you know and we do hear the president earlier giving an update on the rebels. Yeah, so the rebels so. are firmly established. Yeah, um, it does show Mikey's wisdom. Demonstrates that he really is a his wisdom in terms of, of just understanding people and situations, right. being able to assess dynamic these kinds yeah. of dynamics. That's why it's the, very insightful. The fact that the fact that he does say it, say it to Hyrule Roth is what because he is normally a very good judge of character and and so on mm-hmm. so the fact that he would provoke roth this way either this there must be something in it this must be something in it for him yeah or like there's there must be a motive behind it and i guess the only other thing i can think of is that his his own ego is like mm. wants to be like i'm gonna you know i don't know yeah or yeah, interesting is it possibly that if he, if Mikey thinks, but he doesn't think that Roth is going to be, it, it could be for the benefit of the other people. Like, let's suppose the revolution happens, then everyone's like, you know what, Michael Corleone really, mm. he called that. He's he might be a good person to team mm-hmm. up with because he really. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. yeah, we don't we don't see the reaction of any of the other people to Mikey's comments so no. we don't know how are they taking it like oh boy this is mm-hmm. awkward or they're yeah. like oh wow i never thought of that we don't yeah, really see how they're at, so it's that would help us give some clues as to possibly mikey's motivation like if we saw everyone looking at each other and nodding and being like yeah he's got a point yeah he's mm-hmm. right let him finish you know like that yeah. kind of stuff. so anyway let him run the operations oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's, it is yeah it's it's very interesting hmm yeah. So yeah, uh, now we can get into the let's get into the nitty gritty yeah. of, of of what he's actually saying. Yeah. Um, so the minute starts with Michael yeah. providing his theory yeah. of why the rebels could win. Yeah. He's like, so it's while great. we're driving this afternoon, so it is the same day mm-hmm. that he's on their way. They're on their way yeah. to the party, mm-hmm. and this happens. And he says, "Oh, you know, we saw the 
And then after he finishes saying, he's like, oh, the guy had a grenade and he took out the, the, the yeah. captain. He, he killed himself and took out a captain of the command. Captain of the command. command. Great, right. great yeah. words. <laughs> and then he, the I love the fact that so he great. then says, right, Johnny? He say, he calls, he, he wants Johnny Ola to confirm, right? He yeah. says, right, Johnny? Yeah. Like, like. So I like that he's forcing uh, Johnny Ola to <laughs> publicly have to st- take a, you know, like, go against his boss. Yeah, by yeah. Point it's so a great like, move. Yeah, it's it is great. A great move. You can learn so much from The Godfather about yeah. life. Everything I ever needed to know about life, I learned from The Godfather. That's <laughs> my, new, really? my new book that I'm coming out with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he gets Johnny, and then Johnny says, oh, they're lunatics. And I'm going to call Overdove Alert on that line because it sounds very... It does not sound like it's... It, it sounds like it's being recorded in an echoey room, not in a... On the rooftop of You mean it. Johnny's? Johnny's what? response. Where he's like, oh, they're lunatics, those rebels. Overdove Alert. 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 Yeah, I'm calling overdub alert okay. on that one. <laughs> All right. I, I thought I, there's a lot in this scene, I think, which may have been overdubbed. Yeah, last week yeah. you were saying you felt like all of Roth's stuff. A lot of Roth's Roth stuff. Yeah, you could even see was, Yeah, was overdubbed. And, yeah, so, uh, Rob, so Johnny's response is reasonable. He just dismisses it, saying, oh, they're lunatics. Yeah. Which uh-huh. is uh, maybe maybe Roth said that uh, Johnny ahead of time, if anyone, if anyone brings up the rebels and that, and... Yeah. attributes a, even a small chance of success for them, you must dismiss them as <laughs> lunatics, crazy people who can't win. Um, or that's what Johnny really believes, that Johnny is mm-hmm. just believes whatever Roth tells him. And then, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He's been coming here since the 20s, so. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yes, then he says... Um, the soldiers are paid to fight. The rebels aren't. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I meant, which is a great Godfather lesson. Yeah. That people are not motivated by money or, or only so much. Right. Yeah. It occurred to me today while we were watching this minute, because I thought of, I was trying to think <laughs> that's what of... what Michael says in this minute. It occurred so, to me. <laughs> so it occurred to me. <laughs> um, what does that tell you? No, so... Um, the fact that he says the soldiers are paid to fight and the rebels aren't. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of thematically, how does that apply to somehow to the rest of the movie? Like, mm-hmm. is that somehow... Because, you know, the, the mafia uses soldiers yeah. and it's the kind of thing where Fredo is the rebels and he's not being paid and that's why he's, he's fighting is because he's not, you mm. know. Um, anyway, so what occurred to me was that so far in the movie, every act of violence... Has been both unexpected and, um, well, not the flashback scenes. We don't count uh, mm-hmm. the, the flashbacks. But uh, so we had, they have to kill Fre- uh, Mikey in his home where his children play with his toys, which uh-huh. is both unexpected and does not work mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. He, he survives. He's yeah. shot, so he's still alive. Uh, Frank Fantangeli, mm-hmm. they attempt to kill him, and that thing, you know, fails, mm-hmm. and he also. Uh, and then also, I guess in the case of the military, 
it was a failure on the part of the the military did not take mm-hmm. into consideration that these guys would have grenades. Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. has kind of gone not quite right in, the, yeah. in all the all the killings. That, yeah, uh, that's really interesting. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, I don't know if it's if it's if that's a conscious thing or well, if you think about it, a lot of the in GF one also like they fail to kill Vito. Luca Brasi yeah. gets killed when he goes to try to infiltrate. Yeah, that's true. So, I guess there's a lot of, there's a lot of bungled. <laughs> considering this is a big, important crime operation, there's yeah. a lot of bungled. Uh, oh, yeah, they try to kill Mikey in Sicily, and they kill Apollonia instead. That's right. Yeah, they, yeah. Mikey does. Mikey's the only one who can do it. He kills McCluskey and he shoots the yeah. Turk. So uh, and has everybody killed in the Sonny end. Sonny also gets gunned down in yeah. an unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 That's your. That's really interesting that you brought up. Who this? You know, you think of Cuba as this this kind of an opportunity to see Hyman Roth, learn more about the traitor and Mikey's family, see Michael at work. But the the symbolism of the Cuban struggle mm-hmm. and rebels versus the authority, the people yeah. in power, and in a weird way, the the crime families are rebels that they're they've created their own rules and they're trying to right like have power for themselves yeah that's really interesting that's funny because i was thinking when you were starting to describe it i was going to say the complete opposite i was going to say that you know mikey is like oh we want the family to go completely legitimate Mm -hmm. and basically that's what the rebels want to do with the cuban government they want to make it not a crime thing they want to make it a legitimate government oh yeah and not be yeah. involved in crime mm-hmm. so they're, so they're both the rebels and they are the the uh yeah. oppressors well and what's interesting is when when the cuban rebel in reality in history the cuban rebels overthrew the cuban government mm-hmm. and created a their own government mm-hmm. based on the ideal their ideals but eventually that government became corrupted. Fidel Castro's communism did not work out. So right. he is that are you saying the same thing? No, I don't think you're saying the same thing. No, I was saying basically the idealism of it is that they were you could say Fidel yeah. Castro is like Michael Corleone. He's like, yeah, in five years, the the, the Cuban government will be completely legitimate. And then you could, so I don't but actually, I, what I'm saying is yeah. that Michael Corleone became as powerful as he could, extremely powerful, but in that process and the outcome was he was ruined and he destroyed his family. Right. The same way that Fidel Castro did. Ruined. He actually became the head of the, the island. Right. With the with the goal of doing what's best uh, for his country. Yeah. But ended up creating this this environment where he's got you know, he kills dissidents political dissidents and, yeah. and has yeah, horrible human funny. rights yeah. violations. So his idealism went Went, um, yeah, they should uh, have been terribly wrong. Fidel Castro was talking to his wife, and his wife's like, "Fidel, you told me in ten years that the Cuban <laughs> government would be completely legitimate." Yeah. <laughs> um. Right, anyway, interesting uh, way to look Sen- at it. Senora Castro, how is the baby sleeping inside you? <laughs> oh, why did they have all the lines? Why did you have to say that one? <laughs> what? It's his wife. So he says, uh, "I K." So he says the uh, soldiers are paid to fight. The rebels uh, aren't. What does that tell you? <laughs> it means they can win. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Is that true? We, heck yeah, it is. You think that... They're motivated. Think? Money will only motivate you so much. Mm-hmm. 
But Alex, I actually have done some research on motivation, being an education, oh, okay. educational leadership. And it's true. Money motivates people only, only to do what enough to get that money. But it won't get people to go above and beyond. Right. And so people who have strong ideals like these rebels about creating a more just government. They and can win. They can win because yeah. they will go above and beyond. Yeah. Uh, I guess also I always like to think of these movies in the context of their time. Mm-hmm. When this movie came out, the U.S. was just getting out of a war mm. where we had, although, yeah, I guess we had professional soldiers going in there and fighting against the Viet Cong who were not doing it for money. They were doing it for yeah. freedom. Freedom. Or, or whatever they, yeah. whatever the... Wolverines! <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, so yeah, they can win. They can, yeah. Like, look at Ukraine yeah. right now. Not to contextualize this too much, people yeah. are listening to this in the future, but those Ukrainian fighters, they are fighting for home and country. The yeah. Russian soldiers are just... Yeah, dissenting and fleeing their own country yeah. to get out of military breaking their, service, breaking their own legs to get out of. Oh, I didn't read that. Oh, I just saw like some, you mm. know, uh, you know. Now that they have this, anyway, this is not the Ukraine politics podcast. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Anyway, so what does it tell you? They can win. They can win. <laughs> and I quote that all the time. Yeah, totally. It's a great one. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and this is where Hyman Roth starts to uh, this chastise Michael. Well, yeah, that's a little strong. Defend the the or criticize the rebels. Dis- strongly disagree with Michael. Yes, right. Well, he's he he says um, it's in their blood. Yeah, these he's rebels been, have been. They've always had rebels here for the past fifty years. He, he should know. He's been coming here since the twenties. Yeah, and it's in which their, the math really doesn't add up there because he says they've had rebels for fifty years. I should know. I've been coming here since the twenties. Right, and that was now. But that's 30 really years only thirty. Prior. 40 years ago because this is 1959 58 58 yeah and he's been coming since the 20s so right technically maybe when he get, first got here in the 20s they were like we've had rebels for 30 <laughs> years already there, there was <laughs> take it from this guy he's and he's like I've been here since the since yeah. the aughts <laughs> It's like Iron Roth's grandfather who uh, passed that wisdom <laughs> down to him yeah. well speaking of which I actually looked up um, well so like so he continues with the so this is where I think Mikey, it's some it's some great um, debate strategy on Hyman Roth's part mm. because his first thing is establishing his authority. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an older person, I have much more experience than you do. I've been coming here since the twenties, and then it's like when he when he also says since you were a baby, yeah. So he's he's, <laughs> he's you know saying since you were a baby, like it kind of really is is yeah kind of telling everyone like listen this kid you don't need to listen to him Mm -hmm. and then i guess once he says you know since you were a baby and i've been coming for 20 years then it's like it it's that's when he switches from being stern to like paternal Mm -hmm. he's like your father trucks provided by your father and he takes on this it's almost like he's like knows he's being too he he, he does both the, the carrot and stick. He, mm-hmm. he he chastises him for being a kid, and then he's like, "Oh, then he's all like nice and friendly to him." So I thought that was a really good, yeah, uh, good strategy there. Hmm, interesting. So you saw it as deliberate, 
like he purposely was very stern with him and then well i think maybe it. as he was as he was saying it and then once he said all of it and then once he was reminded of uh, the trucks you know out of havana mm-hmm. then he was like oh that'll and then i can also butter him up by saying oh mm-hmm. your father and he's all smiling mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i don't think he went in planning to say that but just as he was going it was like you know he kind of was like improvising yeah. but using the two different strategies. Yeah. Yeah. So neat. Do you remember the last minivan we had, Alex? The white minivan? Yes. When we bought it, we bought it used and it had a tape deck and there were a couple cassette tapes in it still. Mm-hmm. Which is really odd because we got it from a dealer, but it still had a couple of cassette tapes. Yeah. And one of them was was by it was a it was an audio tape. And mm-hmm. it was it was by a psychologist from this is had to be the eighties maybe when the tape was made and we just had the minivan a few years ago so it was a very yeah. old tape yeah and it was called the sixty second scolding the sixty second scolding yeah did I ever play it for you no oh I I must have it I don't think I would have thrown it out and it's what so, is the sixty second <laughs> scolding it's a so this is maybe a ten minute cassette tape and the psychologist is giving the listeners mm-hmm. parents. Uh, instructions on how to effectively scold your child. And this is real. You're going to scold my child. <laughs> and so when I saw the scene in Godfather 2, this minute in particular, kind of reminded me of that. So oh. in a nutshell, and, and he and the psychologist models it. Yeah. It's, it's really funny to listen to. And you and I aren't parents, but let me tell you, I would totally... Now, Alex, don't forget, if you go to godfatherminute.com slash support... You can access all the bonus content, and uh, and then you'll be able to take a ride in the trucks provided by your father. What does that tell you? Now, 